Hello and welcome to another episode of Vipers Voices. I'm Brian Murgatroyd and in this episode we speak with new arrival Luke Wood. The Lancashire left-arm fast bowler was fresh off the plane from Melbourne, Australia when we caught up with him, linking up with his new teammates as a replacement for the injured Tamar Mills ahead of the Vipers' next match in the DP World ILT20, the clash with the Dubai Capitals at the Dubai International Stadium on Saturday the 28th of January. Luke headed to training with his new teammates at the ICC Academy at Dubai Sports City on Friday afternoon, but the session the squad had was at the indoor nets, as was the case the previous day, because of persistent rain in the UAE. Thankfully, the forecast for game day on Saturday is for better weather. Before we hear from Luke, just a reminder that if you want to go along to any of the Desert Vipers matches, tickets are still available and they can be bought via the Platinum List website and app and the ILT20 website. A new face then in the Desert Vipers camp, and lots to chat about, so let's dive in. Luke arrived into the team hotel in Jebel Ali on Thursday evening, the 26th of January, after a flight from Melbourne, Australia, where he's been playing with some success for the Melbourne Stars in the Big Bash League. Given his successes over the past 12 months, which include being part of the Trent Rockets side that won the men's 100 in the UK last year, and also making his T20i and ODI debuts for England, Luke could probably have had his pick of the competitions going on around the world at the moment, but he says he had no hesitation in opting for the ILT20 when the call came. Yeah, I, I mean, chose to play in the UAE because it seems like a good competition from the outside and, and a good standard of cricket, so why not keep sort of improving myself? And he's excited at the prospect of getting started, given the way the fast bowlers have enjoyed conditions so far in the tournament. I've spoke to uh, Munners a little bit and Hales and they sort of said it's been swinging and uh, which sort of suits me down to tea really. All the same, given the success the Vipers have had so far with four wins from five matches and a relatively settled side, Luke isn't expecting to just walk into the starting lineup. Yeah, I mean everyone likes to think you can you push your claims, but I know I know the team's been going well, so yeah, I just, I just see see what what occurs and how it progresses and um, go from there. Really, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, they're definitely going to pick me, blah, blah, blah. And he says it's still too early to be thinking about how many wins the side still needs to guarantee a spot in the playoffs and, more importantly, a place in the top two at the end of the group stage. I don't know, I, th- I think, I know it's, sorry, it's a case of saying we need to win this many games to, to get in the top two. I think it's just a case of taking every game as it comes and then seeing that where that uh, leaves you in the, in the table. You can almost put pressure on yourself to actually qualify in the top two by sort of going, we need to win this game, we need to win this game, whereas if you take every game once at a time and go from there, it's sort of alleviates it. That's Luke Wood, and our chat with him is coming up next, here on Vipers Voices. Luke ended the Big Bash League as the Melbourne Stars' leading wicket-taker, so he arrives in the UAE in great form. And when we chatted with him on the eve of the Dubai Capitals match, he began by telling us how his linking up with the Desert Vipers came about. Obviously, I know that they were quite keen to get the, the replacement um, sorted for Tamal. 
pretty much came about through Crowio. I know back home. He sort of sent me a quick message, and and then after that, my agent was already out here um, anyway, so made the process quite easy and smooth. And then I heard a lot of good things about the Desert Vibe and stuff like that. So when it all got finalised and sort of was down to the end of it, it was pretty easy. Now you've you've impressed in short form cricket, especially over the past twelve months. You won the hundred with the uh, the, the Trent Rockets. Uh, you were the leading wicket taker for the Melbourne Stars in the the BBL. Twenty wickets there. So you've uh, you've had success, and I guess that means you probably could have played anywhere. Really, uh, the SA Twenty is on at the moment. The BPL is on. So why choose the UAE? I mean, from the outside, the competition looks really good. And it, it just obviously this this came about, and it, it's it's another league. Um, I'd obviously I committed to the Big Bash already, which I, th- I thoroughly enjoyed. Like um, said with the Melbourne Stars, also I was in Australia for a while and stuff. So yeah, I, I mean, chose to play in the UAE because it seems like a good competition from the outside and and a good standard of cricket. So why not keep sort of improving myself? Was there a temptation to have a break? You made your England T20 international debut in Pakistan at the start of the winter. Then you played ODIs in Australia after the T20 World Cup. You've done well in the BBL. Uh, or is it a case of saying, well, look, I'm on a roll. Let's continue that role. Elements of both. Obviously, when you, when you, you plan your decision-making and what I'm going to do with my winter... There has to be the element of a rest involved. So, yeah, I'll, I'll weigh it up. But at the same time, like I'm obviously here for the back end of this competition. Um, I've had quite a busy period of time since September. So I'm aware of that. So it's just picking the right times and, and the right competitions. Um, obviously, this is only maybe two and a half weeks I'm here. So that's it's pretty ideal. And then I'll, I'll get to go home after after this and have a break before, like like I said, our county season starts, which is also important. So it's, it's picking the right competitions and picking the right environments. And like I said, yes, it might be on a roll, but there's there's always uh, rest is always important as well. Have you been following the ILT20 so far? If you have, you'll be excited at the fact that it's the seam bowlers who've been ruling the roost. Yeah, that's always nice. I've spoke to uh, Munners a little bit and Hales and they sort of said it's been swinging and uh, which sort of suits me down to T really, and yeah, I, I follow a bits and bobs. Obviously, a bit tricky with the whole the whole time zones, watching the actual games and stuff. But no, I, I'm looking forward to getting underway, and um, yeah, it seems like a good a good competition. You mentioned Colin Munro there. You mentioned uh, Alex Hales, two players you've had success with at the Trent Rockets uh, last year, mm. uh, and obviously this Carl Crow as well, your uh, assistant coach at Lancashire. Any other players or staff that you know here quite well? Yeah, well, Benny Howell, I played play with him last year in the um, T10 stuff. But uh, yeah, ma- mainly sort of Hales and Munro. Played a bit of playing the ODIs with uh, Bilbo. Uh, Bilbo. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's there's quite a few familiar faces. Some I know better than others, but um, and obviously Crowe, the, the the coach. So I know them all relatively well. Um, so it'd be nice to meet a few more people. And one person I dare say you'll be looking forward to catching up with is uh, Richard Gleeson, your opening partner at uh, Lancashire. He's been enjoying some success with the Gulf Giants. Yeah, it's always nice to see Glees. Um I've not seen him for a, quite a while now, probably since the sort of the World Cup stuff in October. So it'd be good to see him. And um, I'm obviously, I'm always glad that when he does well, and it's it's nice to see him bowling well for for them. And you're going to be bringing some inside information with you as well, aren't you? Because uh, one of the players you've been playing with uh, at the Melbourne Stars 
has just been announced for the Dubai Capitals, uh, Adam Zampa. What are you going to be able to tell all, all the boys about uh, the way he goes about his business? I mean, I think with, with Zamps, obviously world-class player and I thought he captained really well for us and um, it was great to be involved with him. Uh, so, I mean, to be fair, I think a lot of people know a lot about Zamps already. So I don't, I'm not entirely sure they need me to, to tell them, but um, yeah. Now, you're building a great bank of experience uh, this winter. Do you think it can help you kick on to become uh, an England regular? I mean, that's always the aim. Um, obviously, I've had the taste of it in Pakistan and sort of travels to Australia, a bit more in the background for the, the World Cup stuff and then made my ODI debut as well. So that makes you hungry for it even more. And yeah, I mean, you see these competitions around the world that they're high standard and you're playing against the best players. So that, that will only only sort of add to your, your advantage or however you want to see it. So that, that'd be good. Just keep my, you try and keep my form good and give my all as I always do. And, and that'll be, um, yeah, well, hopefully we'll see that in the future. What about the PSL off the back of this and the IPL? Is that in the back of your mind or is rest the prerogative after this? So um, I already said um, I won't go to the PSL purely like you said about rest. So, a bit too much cricket being a bowler. I need, need my body to be right, um, especially as we've got no international cricket white ball stuff until Bangladesh in March and then maybe I think it's September. So yeah, I need to be doing well for my count, for my count side Lancashire and the best way for me to do that is, like I said, get some actual rest in and don't have a solid 12 months of playing. So the PSL's off my radar this year and then IPL, unless there's a replacement come about, then that's another story. Wait and see on that. But yeah, like I said, rest is a key at some point. Do you regard yourself still as a three-format bowler? Obviously, you've played a lot of white ball cricket this uh, this winter. Where do you see yourself in terms of the red ball game? Yeah, obviously, this this particularly, I've excelled in white ball cricket. But no, I'm still 100% a well, multi-format player, however you want to say it. It's still something I work quite hard on when I get the chance to. So that's another reason about me going home get the chance to work on some skills with that and, and try and almost push myself in that regard that I have done with the white ball. So it's still very much a, a big priority of mine and I'll I'll always work out to make sure it's good. You mentioned the white ball there. The chat here at the uh, DP World ILT20 has been that white ball and particularly the fact it's the smart ball and people have been wondering whether that's a reason for it swinging. Have you used a smart ball before? What are your experiences in that regard? i I actually have no idea what a smart ball is, so I've not actually heard about that. So I, I don't know what that entails, but it's, if it's swinging, it sounds good. There's a little chip in the ball, right. and basically that helps people determine how much the ball is swinging, how much the ball is spinning, the revs on the ball. It's been it's been used in the CPL previously, so uh, well, it'll be a new experience for you at training by the sound of it. Yeah, I I, I don't think we've... I'll have used that sort of ball before, but if that's that's how it's going, that's it's, it's fine. And yeah, if it's making the ball do more, then I can't complain. Now you've arrived at a point where the Desert Vipers are going into a really intense period of action. Five matches in eight days. The squad's been fairly settled so far, but I, I think there's probably going to be an opportunity for a little bit of squad rotation uh, coming up. Is that where you see yourself fitting in or, or would you like to think you can you can push your claims sooner? Yeah, I, I mean, everyone likes to think you can you push your claims, but I know, I know the team's been going well. So yeah, I just, I just see see what, what occurs and how it progresses and um, go from there. Really. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I'm, they're definitely going to pick me, blah, blah, blah. Being a direct replacement for T, that's sort of where I see myself fitting in. So it's just, it's just a case of how they see the, the side fit and 
um, vice versa. In terms of coming in for Tamar Mills, do you do you see yourself as a similar type of bowler, or are there differences between the the, the jobs that you do? Yeah, there are. There are. Uh, the similarities are obviously the left arm and all that stuff. But no, we are slightly different bowlers. Um, T's obviously got a great record and sort of the back end and being that, that guy to go to in that sort of sense. I've had a lot of success in like the power play stuff and my sort of skills towards the back end and whatever that may be is, is vastly improving and that side of it. So we are, we are different bowlers, but um, provide the same sort of angle just in different ways. Are you a three-phase bowler, would you say? Yeah, 100%. I've pretty much been asked to bowl whenever, really. So, obviously, you've seen in the, the in Australia, they had the thing called the power surge. So, obviously, the last two was the power player, kind of from over 10 onwards. So, that's um, been interesting. That's how, that's hard work. But I've I've pretty much done that in most games and bowled the end and the start. So, yeah, it's it's not a case of I can only bowl in this period or bowl in that period. It's It's whenever. And tell us about your experience of uh, the UAE, Luke. How much experience have you had in these conditions? Over the years, I've had a, f- a fair bit, sort of T10 wise. And I just think my under-19s World Cup was here. So that's taken back a little bit. But um, yeah, I, I played over here, uh, whether that be prison tours and stuff like that um, over the years. So it's nice to, it's always a nice place to come back to. And yeah. Four wins out of five for the Desert Vipers thus far. Uh, have you allowed yourself to look at the league table or, or think how many wins the side might need to get into the final series at this stage? Because it's very important, of course, to get into those top two spots. Yeah, I think, um, well, uh, was it five games left? So I think, it, we, I don't know, I, I think, I know it's, sorry, it's a case of saying we need to win this many games to, to get in the top two. I think it's just a case of taking every game as it comes and then seeing that where that uh, leaves you in the in the table. You can almost put pressure on yourself to actually qualify in the top two by sort of going, we need to win this game, we need to win this game. Whereas if you take every game once at a time and go from there, it sort of alleviates that pressure. Of those five matches to come, two in Sharjah, three in Dubai. Different conditions, I guess, even though it's the same country. Sharjah a little bit slower and lower, maybe? I've actually not played at Sharjah, but uh, I, I don't know if that's what the if that's what the scores reflect. Uh, played at Dubai a couple of times, which is a nice ground. And yeah, you always have them challenges going from, it's kind of like anywhere you go, different different grounds, are di- uh, different, whether that be Australia or England or whatever. So it's just, you should be, got to be adaptable and, and smart with your cricket and just try and play your best. How long do you think it will take you to adapt? Obviously, we saw Alex Hales coming over, Sam Billings, Colin Munro from the BBL a little bit earlier, and they hit the ground running. They had no problems at all in adjusting to slightly different conditions. Same for you, you think? Yeah, similar. I think um, having bowled over here before, it's it's you kind of know what not to expect. But you obviously in Australia, you get a bit more bounce, and here's probably a bit lower. But apart from that, you're still bowling on a twenty-yard wicket. Three stumps. So it's, it's similar principles and similar how I go about it. I'll just maybe you just have to adjust your lamps and lines, but that's about it. Ready to go? More than ready. Yeah. Luke Wood, the Lancashire and England left arm fast bowler, who's joined the Desert Vipers as a replacement for the injured Tamal Mills ahead of the side's next match against the Dubai Capitals in Dubai on Saturday, the 28th of January. And that wraps things up for this episode of Vipers Voices. As ever, please like and subscribe to make sure you get the very latest interviews and news from the Desert Vipers camp during the DP World ILT20. 
And a reminder that we're giving you exclusive insider reaction here after every Vipers match of the tournament, so please stay with us. And remember, you can also follow the Desert Vipers on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook too, as well as visiting the website at thedesertvipers.com. You can also buy tickets for all Desert Vipers matches online. Just look out for them through the Platinum List website and app and the ILT20 website. For now then, this is Brian Murgatroyd and as ever, thanks so much for listening.